Let's have a word of prayer before we begin our lesson on tonight. Oh God, tonight we love you. We thank you for your mercy, your kindness. We thank you for all that you've done for us. God, you've been good to us down through this week, and I thank you. I thank you for staying the hand of death, keeping us in our right minds, and giving us the activity of our limbs. And so tonight, God, as we gather here to do your study, study your word so we can be kingdom building, builders building the kingdom one sort of time. God, your word is already blessed, so bless me, God, to articulate your word to your people in the name of Jesus so they'll be strengthened and they'll be encouraged. Your word says we should not live by only bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of your mouth. So, God, you give us a power of asking. We can't demand anything from you. But we're just asking, will you do that tonight? Those that are with us in person, those that are viewing us, God, if there's any sickness among us, heal tonight in the name of Jesus. Here, there, heal right there, here, over there. Heal tonight in the name of Jesus. You are the Lord thy God that healeth thee. And I know you're a healer. Will you do that tonight and use me tonight, God? I ask in Jesus' name, amen. And amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Um, my brothers and sisters, get your Bibles, get your Bibles, get your Bibles, and um, go with me to the book of Judges, Judges. Um, I want to look at Judges, actually, uh, chapter 16 and verse 5, and we're going to work our way back. Um, so just follow me, if you would. Let's go Judges chapter 16 and verse 5. Actually, let's go to verse 4. This will be Judges chapter 16, verse 4. And we'll read up to the fifth verse. Then we'll go to chapter 13 of the book of Judges. Let's read it. This is Judges chapter 16 and verse 4. And it came to pass afterward that he loved a woman in the valley of Sorek, whose name was Delilah. And the lords of the Philistines came up unto her and said unto her, Entice him. And see wherein his great strength lieth, and by what means we may prevail against him, that we may bind him to afflict him. And we will give thee every one of us 1,100 pieces of silver. On tonight, my brothers and sisters, um, I would like to talk about in our lesson what happens when Satan gets frustrated with us. What happens when Satan gets frustrated with us? What happens? My brothers and sisters, I, I want to bring us to the Chapter 13. Let's look at the birth of Samson. And you'll find in chapter 13 um, that it begins with Samson's birth. The Bible declares that uh, Manoah. He comes from the Dan, from the tribe of Dan. He lived in the town of Zorah. Mm -hmm. His wife is not able to have any children. She's not able to get pregnant. So they have no children. And my brothers and sisters, History shows us in the 13th chapter that had to have, had to been, first of all, a relationship, that relationship with God. 
Because you'll find that in that 13th chapter that God dismisses, dismisses an angel from heaven and lets her know that she's going to give birth to a son. Uh-huh. Then they're charged as parents. Both the parents are being charged here. They're being charged in verse 4 in chapter 13. And it says to be careful not to drink wine or any other alcoholic drink or any food that is forbidden. All right? This brings us to uh, making a vow. All right? Having a vow. And so Samson right now, he is going to be consecrated to God's service. All right? Um, let's look at quickly. Go with me to Romans chapter 13 and 1. Romans chapter 13 and verse 1. All right. You'll find it. It'll say, let every soul be subject unto the higher powers. For there is no power but of God. The powers that are ordained of God. Huh? The powers that be are ordained of God. My brothers and sisters, it is so alarming to see how that it that um the church is straddling the fence so alarming so alarming that the faith family our trust in god our faithfulness to be in his service and to render ourselves available to God for the work of ministry. My brothers and sisters, our job as brothers and sisters our job as born-again believers, we should be energized and effectively ready to do business at any beck and call of God. And I was led to look at Samson because he's consecrated to God in service. Now, we're, we're going to look at in depth of a couple of things about Samson. First of all, if you would take um, your writing utensil that you have or electronic device and make a couple of notes here. First of all, <clears throat> the strength of Samson was not in his physical body. His strength did not come <clears throat> because he was so muscle-bound. All right? That's one observation. And his, the power that he has or had, it was not something that was in his natural DNA. I've never found any place where Samson was some type of uh, weightlifter or, again, muscle-bound guy. All right? Second thing, I want you to notice his hair. All right? You'll find in the portion of Scripture that he had seven locks of braided hair on his head. 
Now, don't ask me the question. I don't know who braided his hair. I don't know who did it. But he had seven locks, and his hair was braided. And it was kind of, I was kind of looking at that end. When I was doing some study, I kind of directly went on in, and I could picture, I think they're called corn rolls. Your hair that is braided in corn rolls. All right. One other thing, and I really won't take a lot of time to that. I want you to look at that number seven. Okay. Now let's see if we can mix this up and come out with something. Because tonight I want to talk about what happens when Satan gets frustrated with you. Now with that small enough or small information, let me carry you to one more portion of our supportive scripture. Follow me over to St. Luke chapter 1 and verse 15. St. Luke chapter 1 and verse 15. I would like to really have, um, go back to verse 13. Similarities to Manoah, his wife, Samson's mother. Similarities here. Verse, this is Luke chapter 1, verse 13. But the angel said unto him, Fear not, Zacharias, for thy prayer is heard, and thy wife Elizabeth shall bear thee a son, and thou shalt call his name John, and thou shalt have joy and gladness, and many shall rejoice at his birth, all right? For he shall, verse 15, for he shall be great in the sight of the Lord and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. And he shall be filled with the Holy Ghost even from his mother's womb. Now, I won't take a lot of time. The third person that comes to me in studying you'll find that Jesus is called a Nazarite, all right? Or from the town of Nazarene. Now that is, a Nazarite has a vow. There's a vow that is made and is given to the parents. I want you to make note of this. The vow that is given as a Nazarene or the Nazarite is first given to the parents. And the parent's job is to articulate and lay out pretty much that this child has a calling on his or, or hers life. That's the job of that child. Well, we know it's echoed with Samson. We know it's echoed with John the Baptist. And we know it is already presented with Jesus through Mary. All right? In all three of these births, excluding one, the mother was not able to get pregnant. Mary didn't have that problem. Praise Jesus. God chose her. But yet, Jesus had to have somewhat of a diet himself. Now, if you look at the callings upon their life, my brothers and sisters, what we want to share, share with you tonight, many of our, uh, I don't want to say struggles because I, I really, oh my God, help me. I, I really don't believe that saints struggle. We use that word so loosely. I really don't believe that saints struggle. And we keep hearing the word, I'm struggling, I'm struggling. I don't believe saints struggle. Now, what we do go through, we go through challenges that we face. We go through barriers, challenges, and obstacles. We do have them. We go through them. But to struggle, now watch me now, to struggle and to have a calling on your life, if you put them two together it, they will not fit. That's just like trying to take that um, 
that uh, triangle and fit it into that round hole, you know, it doesn't fit. When God calls us for service, when God calls us uh, to do his will, there's no struggle there. Most of the time, the struggling that if there is a struggle, that's self-afflicted. You cause it on yourself. Why? Because you're not readily want to accept what God has already laid or put upon you. Huh? So you tried to fight against God. Now, does it mean that God cannot get the job done without you? No, 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 no. But when God wants to use you, he wants to use you for specific reasons. All right? Now, that being said, let's go back. Three times you'll find God dismisses the angels and speaks to a person. I want you to highlight a mark. God prepares you for your service. God is preparing you for your service. The Lord never makes a mistake. God never makes a mistake. And some are struggling because we're not waiting on God. We're, we are moving ahead of God. And you can't move ahead of God with a divine purpose. You cannot move ahead of God. You cannot linger and be slow with God. When there is a divine purpose, God, his timing is always right. He's on time. He's never late. He's on time. He's never early. So what happens, we are, we are ourselves are late or we're in a hurry. That's why there's a timing here. Now, the enemy, when he understands that you are a threat to uh, um, what he has fixed, concocted, whether it be for individual, whether it be for church, uh -huh, the body, whether you are to proclaim a word for the people to hear, to announce what God has said concerning the body at large or an individual person, he does not like us. Now, you can't rule out where we've been so long and went so far that we're ruling out that this is a spiritual warfare. We are looking at the circumstances of situation carnally. Huh? but it's a spiritual warfare. Now, consecrated to God's service. If we look at Samson's hair, Samson's uncut hair, Samson's uncut hair, it really represented um, a sign that he was obeying God, okay? His uncut hair was an outward sign that he is really representing God. Now, let's go back to, to Scripture. If you look at verse 13, I mean chapter 13, Samson was given a charge through his parents, all right? Yes, my brothers and sisters, that means what he was given through his parents is what you can do and what you can't do. Now, that's not nothing new. When you're saved, there's things you can do as being saved in the body of Christ, and there's things that you can't do. That's nothing new. And uh, we find the problem in listening to God. We kick against God. What we can do and what we can't do. Well, in this, he was forbidden the food. He was forbidden what to do. So he was told that his hair should never be cut. Now, if you look at verse 5, it gives you 
that he is dedicated to God as a Nazarite from birth. Now, his purpose was to rescue Israel from the Philistines. That was his purpose. Well, that carries us back to the book of Ecclesiastes. What's the whole duty of man? Is to fear God and keep his commandments. Now, that's our job. So, my brothers and sisters, if you, if you think you have not been hired, check the record. The record says your job is to fear God and keep his commandments. That's the whole duty of man. So, you do have a job, right? Now, Samson, in his life as he grows, then he finds that he wants a wife, okay? He wants to be married. And so in that, he goes and finds a woman that is off limits to him. He wants a wife. He finds a woman that's off limit to him. Now, it seems like, put a pin in that. It seems like that it's, things become a magnet. The things that God tells us to stay away from is the things that we are drawn to. The limits God gives us, God gives us limit. Limits, not limitations. He limits us to the place where we can't harm ourselves. The limitation that God gives us is not a limitation of hindrance, but the limitation will cause us to be victorious in every aspect of our lives. So some things that we are limited for really is the thing that will give us unlimited power and authority if we would just listen. Somebody put a praise on that one. So now he goes, he goes, he goes and he finds um, a wife. Now the question is told that why was he not able to find a wife in his own country amongst his own people? He did have it there, but for whatever reason, he was drawn to other places. So you'll find it in chapter 14. When you find it in chapter 14, and I believe you'll find it in verse 3. Chapter 14 and verse 3 will tell you that his mother and father did not agree with his choice. Now, my brothers and sisters, the enemy's fired up now. The enemy is excited about you when you really are going against what God has already laid out. Now, the question was, the question may arise, did God tell Samson what to do? Yes, the answer is yes. He told Samson what to do through his parents, through his upbringing, right? He was introduced and let known that he was consecrated to God. And we have, again, some outside signs of his consecration. Put a pin in that one. Since one of the outs, one of the signs, the signs, outwardly signs that he had was his hair. My brothers and sisters, the Bible tells us in the New Testament, know ye not that your body is a temple of the Holy Ghost and the Holy Ghost will not dwell in the unclean temple. So we have, praise God, some in outward signs of our consecrated unto God. All right, stay with me here. He says in chapter 14, verse 1, this Philistine woman caught my eye. And he returns home to tell his father and mother. He tells his father and mother about this young woman. Uh, and he wants to marry her. And he says, I want y'all to get her for me. All right? So the conversation goes, and there's a conversation with 
with, 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 with Samson and his parents. Huh? But they really didn't understand that yet God was creating an opportunity um, that brought him into his consecration. God created an opportunity. Now, uh, uh, let's understand the opportunity. He had an opportunity to fulfill his destiny, all right? But then there comes now a personality conflict. Well, uh, to fast forward here, he sees a woman that he shouldn't marry. He sees a woman that he shouldn't be with. And he desires her. He wants her. So he sets up everything and it works out. And so he's communicating with his soon-to-be father-in-law. And to condense this as it goes in, into other parts of the scripture, I, I, I need you to look at Romans chapter 13 and 1. I want you to hold that. And I want you to look at chapter 4 of Ephesians and hold chapter 4 and verse 32. All right? Romans chapter 13 and 1 and Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 32. Let me lay this groundwork so we can proceed with this lesson. He goes and the Lord is, the spirit of the Lord is upon him. And this riddle that was taken, that he had and that he did, kept secret, it was told. Long story short, his father-in-law took his wife and gave her to somebody else. Now, Samson's man, I want you to underline hurt. Underlining the word hurt. When you are hurt or when you're hurt and disappointed, maybe even humiliated, that does something to us. Samson's hurt was from deception. Satan's mad at him. Satan's frustrated with him because He's working now in his calling. He's working in his area of expertise. He's working in a place where God is using him to tear down strongholds. And it happened to be the Philistine army or nation. Samson gets frustrated, and now he's on the warpath. So what does he do? He's mad at Everybody and everything. Now, if you notice, people did not harm him. It was his father-in-law. His father-in-law took his wife and gave her to somebody else. So this now drives Samson into this craze. Now he has a craze. Samson now becomes... A male whore. All right? He doesn't care who he's living with. He don't care who he's messing with. He's mad now. Sometimes, my brothers and sisters, the actions of one person can cause you to get mad at everybody else and everything else. Now, remember, him being deceived had did not replace it did not take away his calling huh can can we put a pin there um give me give me romans romans chapter 13 um do i have my reader read uh-huh Listen, there's no powers on this earth. The Bible said the powers that are ordained are ordained of God. 
No power. Nobody. Listen, 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 my brothers and sisters. Nobody accidentally does anything in the kingdom of God. No power can accidentally stumble in the way of God. Huh? Everything that we know exists. Huh? For there is no power but of God. Right? The powers that are ordained of God are, or the powers that be ordained of God. All right? Now, Samson has a calling. Now, if you look at verse, give me Romans 13 and 2. It starts with whosoever. Uh huh. Listen, if anybody that rebels against the authority of God is rebelling against what God has instituted, and the Lord said they're going to be punished. Huh? So we got to respect authority. Listen, even though you don't agree with something, we must respect authority. You have to respect authority. Because your hurt doesn't give you a license to not respect authority. Because you've been hurt does not give you the license that you have, you blame everybody for your hurt. Everybody didn't hurt you. Huh? Topic tonight, what happens when Satan gets frustrated with you? Well, if you notice where I'm going, if you follow my car, I'm driving to the place and show you that when Satan is frustrated with you, he'll pull out all stops and he'll unleash everything he has in his arsenal to take you out of here. He doesn't hold anything back. And if you listen to him, he'll mess with your mind. Samson's mental capacity started changing forgot the way he was raised. He forgot the commandments. He forgot what he was supposed to do and should do what he shouldn't do. But do you not know the Bible is right? All things. I wish I had somebody talk back to me. All things work together for the good. Now listen to me. Listen, listen now. They only work together. Listen to the scripture. All things work together for the good to them that love, there you go, the Lord. You don't love him, it ain't going to work together. No, no, no. If you don't love God, it's not going to work together. Case in point, you're going to love one or hate the other. You can't love the world and love God at the same time. You can't love God and the world at the same time. You're going to love one and hate the other. You can't have two masters. You can't serve two masters. Let me tell you why. You can't serve two masters because God is a jealous God. God's not going to allow you to serve him and say it at the same time. God's not going to have it. <clears throat> huh? God's not going to allow you. Now, you may think you're doing it. But God's not going to allow you to be saved and not saved at the same time. It doesn't work like that. <clears throat> well, I'm saved or I'm not saved. Huh? There's no such a thing as I'm kind of saved. Hmm? You're what? I'm kind of. Let me help you out. I'm kind of saved is some type of beast that is unknown. Kinda, I'm kinda saved. It doesn't exist. You have the mind of Christ. You have the love of God. Huh? Or you're doing just your own thing, right? Well, let's go a little further. <clears throat> In chapter in, uh, let's see here, in Ephesians, 
Let's look at Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 4. And verse 32. When you have it, say amen. Ephesians chapter 4. And verse 32. And be ye kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, have forgiven you. So my brothers and sisters, when we, when we find hurt, when hurt is upon us, huh? when we are dealing with hurt, Yes, hurt is real. But you have to understand, too, that the one that is hurting you is not every person. Every, and and uh, we, we label, because when Satan gets frustrated with you, and if you allow him, he'll start messing with your mind, and you start looking at situations and circumstances in a different way. Have you forgotten that the hand of God was upon you? That God has a purpose and plan for us, right? And uh, when we are fulfilling our plan, put a pin there. The most beautiful thing there is for a born-again believer is to understand your heart and passion. When you really understand, Lord, why am I here? What am I here for? See, when you have a heart for something, you have a passion for it. When you have a passion for something, you have a heart for it. And the most powerful thing that a saved person can have is understanding your purpose. What's my job? When you understand, praise God, that God has picked us out, God has chosen us, and we are about to do damage to the enemy. I, I've shared with the saints, and I told the saints, praise God, I told and shared with the saints, I'm going to be contagious in every place I go. I'm going to tear down some of the false narratives. Huh? I'm going to destroy old wives' tale. I'm going to let people know that God is real, that God is up to something, and God would love to have you in his kingdom. Why? Every soul belongs to God. Huh? So let's go back to Samson. Samson gets frustrated. Samson's mad. Samson, Samson, Samson is destroying everything. In a conversation, Samson says, because remember, the Israelites were under the control of the Philistines. Let's look at the picture. Samson gets these foxes and ties their tails together, fires them up, hundreds of foxes, and lights their tails and sends them through the corn patches, dry. And just look at it. The patches, the corn is being burned up. The word goes back to his own people. And the Philistines are mad. They're angry. And the conversation, there's a group of them that go and find where Samson is at. They have a conversation. Samson now is explaining his hurt. Have you ever tried to explain your hurt to somebody that wasn't involved in your hurt? It's, it's, it's kind of difficult. Because when you start trying to explain your hurt, to somebody else that was not in the hurting situation or aware of it, they become single-eyed. Huh? Do you follow me? They can only hear 
and feel what you're saying, but they don't know the other side of the story. So then what happens, you bring them in and now they are corrupted because all they know is your side and they feel for you and now you got an audience. That's why the Bible says, when you got an audit against your brother, go to him and to him only. Let's go further. They, they get with Samson. And they say, Samson, listen, man, what you did is terrible. Do you not know that everything you do is going to affect us? Put a pin in that one. No, I know some stuff you didn't ask for. But my brothers and sisters, some things that you do will affect other people around you. And especially when there's a calling on your life. Huh? That's why you can't do what everybody else is doing. That's why some of us, we are, yes, we are picked out to be picked on. You can't roll with everybody. Have you ever wondered, have you ever thought, to yourself, maybe you voiced it openly, but have you ever thought, why do others get away with doing stuff? And it seemed like I'm not doing, you know, here we go. <clears throat> I'm not doing as much as everybody else, but I'm always getting caught. Watch me now. See, it goes back to Samson. And maybe I'll get with Delilah. Hopefully, I'll be able to get with Delilah. But, see, a, a man can do anything and everything he wants to do and still be a man. But a woman, she can't do what a man does because she'll always get caught. And when she gets caught, it always shows. Huh? Everybody know when a woman gets caught. If she starts laying around sleeping and she gets pregnant, well, everybody's going to see her swollen up. She's carrying the child, right? A man can have, you know, Samson had, Samson had 300 wives and I think 700 girlfriends. One, he had 1,000 women. But to look at him, you couldn't tell. He had 1,000 women. But if you talk to him, Samson, I mean, uh, Solomon, how you doing? Man, listen, Clay, I have to spend an hour and 22 minutes per day with every woman I have. I'm tired. Now, he's past tired. He, he's just done. Now, what's, what's my point? When there's a calling, and this is some of the anger and frustration with men and women. They're, they're angry because he can get away with stuff and she can't. And the question is always why. But listen, oh, praise God. If you notice and fulfill the scripture, the reason why whenever, oh, my God. Somebody praise Jesus. Hallelujah, God. <laughs> Every time that a woman steps out of her area, she's blasted. Because the Bible said that woman was created for man. Uh-oh. So when she gets out of her role, you know, everything's always blown up. Everything is blown up what she does. But that man, he can do all kinds of stuff and, 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 and fly stealth, and you won't even know what he's done. Not unless somebody called him or he opened up his mouth. Samson says, they get to Samson. Samson says, listen, you see what he did to me? Took my wife and gave it to somebody else, and I'm mad. But Samson. You're taking your anger out, not only on him, but all of us are suffering. And you know what Samson said? Listen, they said, listen, we got to turn you in. Samson says, I really don't want y'all to come this way. Look at neighbors and neighbor. Samson really told him, you don't want none of this. You don't want none of this. Well, let me, let me go a little further. Samson starts... And he runs. He's running. He's running. He's frustrated. He's running. And everything that comes in his way, every person he comes in, Samson becomes a user. My brothers and sisters, when you get hurt, if you don't deal with that hurt, 
See, what happens when Satan gets frustrated with you, he allows some stuff to come, and then you become the hurter. You've been hurt. Now you become the hurter. You want to hurt other people. You want to do damage to other folk because you're hurt. Huh? But remember, there's a calling yet on the life of Samson. If you look at Ephesians chapter 4, do you have that? And it says, be kind and tender, forgiving, forgiving. One thing that seemed like it's hard for us to do is to forgive. Now listen, my brothers and sisters, God is not asking you to forget. God is asking you to forgive. See, the only one that can forget is God. God not asked you to forget. Now, if I was to take a survey, if you was to look at your, at your body, male or female, and look at, see some scars on your body, you can probably remember where you got some of them scars. But the scar is there as a reminder of what happened. But if you notice, it doesn't hurt no more. Huh? Because it's been healed. Happens it's been healed. But there's a scar left to remind you. Huh? And uh, what you do is forgive. What happens is forgiveness takes you down the road to where time now heals. Time will heal your wound. Time will heal. Huh? Time will heal your wound. Remember, the enemy does not know your future, but the enemy sees your action. Will y'all write that down? The enemy doesn't know my future, but the enemy sees my action. When you're really about the things of God, you, you have the power. Listen to me. You have the power to pray folks through. And if we ever needed a time and a season for prayer warriors, for those really that have a passion for the things of God, Loving you some God in spite of the hurts and disappointments. I'll tell you again, because you've been hurt or you've been disappointed, you've been crushed, it still does not take away from the calling that God has upon your life. I, 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 think, I think somebody had a, used to be, I guess I could say it back in the day. They had a commercial, and I think it says uh, it was about a Timex watch. And I think the advertisement was it takes a licking and keeps on ticking. They were bragging about it. That listen here, you can beat this watch up, and when it and when it when it when it's done being afflicted, it's still going to tick. Look at somebody telling them. You have you been beat up enough? But are you still ticking? Oh yeah, somebody hollered, I'm still here. I'm still here. I'm still here. I'm still here. Well, praise you. I didn't ask for some of this stuff, but there's a calling on my life. Huh? Um, let, let's go back to chapter 14 of um of the book of Judges. Let's go to Judges chapter 14. Let me see if I can finish it off here. Um, a matter of fact, turn with me to 15, chapter 15. In chapter 15, you'll find that now um, that no, let me fast forward. Samson is with Delilah. Philistines get together and they, um, he likes her. He likes Delilah. And I don't know about Delilah, but remember, Samson has been having many, many relations between the first time that he wanted a wife until he was 
He was tricked. Uh-huh. His wife was taken from him through his um, father-in-law. Chapter 16. He goes down to Gaza. And the Bible says in 16 and 1, remember I, I called Samson a male whore, which he was. He finds a prostitute down in the Gaza. And he spends a night with her. And Santa was there, and the people find out, found out that he was there. Um, and he stays there. And when he gets down there, he finds out Samson stayed um, until midnight. In verse 3, he took it, takes the both doors, he goes out of town and uh, takes the door with him. Philistines is there. They're seeing what he's doing. They hear his reputation. In chapter 16 and verse 6, um, Delilah is talking to Samson. And now remember, Delilah, Delilah has now been hired by the Philistines. Some people are anointed just to get on your nerves. Some people that Satan is using is on an assignment to try to stop you. See, Satan is frustrated with you. Listen, my brother and sister, if you're not making the enemy mad, if Satan is not frustrated with you, he already has you then. But when you are about God's business, praise God, you ought to look for some trouble someplace. You ought to look for something to happen against you. But it doesn't matter how many attacks of the enemy. Don't forget that God has a calling upon your life. And tell somebody it's not over till God says it's over. Now put a praise on it, somebody. I have a few minutes left. Let me... It says, listen, they got together. I want you to tell, I, I, I want you, I want you to tell us where's his power at? How can he be overpowered? And if you tell us, we'll give you 1,100 pieces of silver. Huh? Doesn't that kind of strike a note when Judas betrayed Jesus for 30 pieces of silver? Huh? And Delilah talks to Samson, and some kind of way she makes it. And, and I know this was a setup. It, my brother, it was a setup. Delilah is being used, Delilah is being used to find out. How can this man be overpowered? And uh, he tells her stories. He lies to her. Yes, he lies to her. And he keeps telling lies. And she finally says, listen, Samson, you've been making a fool out of me. Brothers, you have to be truthful. I don't care if it's male or female. People don't like it when you become a lying tongue in their face. It means something. The Bible said God cannot stand a liar. A lot of stuff God will put up with. But a liar, the Bible said a liar won't tarry even in God's sight. Huh? Now, I'm not telling you what type of sin to sin. I ain't telling you, I'm not telling you sin at all. But one thing you don't want to be is a liar. The liar is angry. And do you not know that she wore this man out? She wore this man. The liar kept bugging him and bugging him. It was so powerful. Nagging him. It was so powerful enough that he finally gave in to her. And one night she had this thing set up. 
One night he was laying, he had his head laying on the lap of Delilah. You could imagine them seven cornrows of, 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 of locks. And I was wondering, you know, how can you get seven? So I'm, I'm looking at maybe there was three on each side, three on the right side, three on the left side, and then that big one right down the center. Laid his head on the lap of Delilah. Now, Delilah is working the system. Delilah got the devil in it too. Huh? Delilah says, tonight I'm going to have my cake and eat it too. I got my honey and I got my money at the same time. Oh, which I had somebody talk back to me. See, the devil will pull out all stops to get you. And he'll use you up. And when he gets done, you're not worth anything to anybody. Oh, I'm eating up my time. So at the end, Samson tells Delilah where his strength was at. And when that, while he was asleep, um, slept, he was sleeping, they came in, they bound him. He cut his hair, and his strength was gone. When he did get up from that position, there's a position that you never want to get in when you're a believer. The position, my brother and sister, you never want to waken on the, up on the enemy's territory. You don't want to put yourself in the place that you're on the enemy's territory. But now watch this. When he went to get up, and he tried to do things like he did in the past. His anointing's gone. His power's gone. You can't play with the enemy. And that's what I'm saying now. We're, you know, when you say we're playing church, we're playing with the enemy, but we want God to come to our rescue. We're playing with the enemy, but yet we want to pray to God and want God to come. But my brothers and sisters, you can't play with God. And thinking that you still have the same moves that you had when you first got saved. Somebody put a praise on it. You can't let for the frustration. You can't let the hurts steal your power, drain you huh, of your source and your anointing. Well, I got one minute left. Maybe I can close it out with this one. I'll prove to you it was not in his hair. If you notice that he prayed to God, you know the story. His eyes have been uh, put out that he can't see. He now becomes a spectacle. See, when you backslide, praise God, you become a spectacle. You know, you're trying to live on the stuff you used to have. You know, them same testimonies, you can't testify like that no more. You know, you know the same the same things that that you used to have, the ways you used to have, that joy that you used to have, that you lost. Uh, Samson said, Lord, if you can just restore me one more time. Help me say one more time. Now the Bible said, praise God, that the Lord gave him his strength. He gave him his strength. Now what he did at the end of his life, he did more damage to the enemy at the end of his life than he did when he was really had all of his anointing. Now, I'm not saying that you want to go out like Samson, but I'm saying, my brothers and sisters, when Satan gets frustrated with you, you can expect all hell to come against you. But you don't want to be found laying on nobody's lap. Huh? And it's not what's on the outside that gives you the power. But it's the inside. Help me say, this is the inside job. See, Samson had, he thought it was on the outside. But it was the inside job. And praise be to God, that's what Jesus did on Calvary. He gave us the power to work on the inside. And whatever works on the inside eventually comes on the outside. And that makes us more victorious because we do have victory through Christ Jesus. Come on, somebody put a praise on it. I got to close out. The Lord bless you.
And may the Lord smile upon you. I thank God for each and every one of you that tuned in tonight. Amen. To be with us. Tonight, the lesson was in the question form. What happens when Satan gets frustrated with you? We see the ending. We see the story. But I want you to know, don't let the enemy take you out like that. Because God has given us power. Huh? to overcome the enemy and all of his devices. So may the Lord bless you, may the Lord keep you, and may the Lord strengthen you until we meet again. Thanks for coming and being with us in Living the Word with Pastor Clay. He blessed them all.